You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 120. We found a black mold infestation. What are the next steps? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we are talking about black mold infestations. You know, sometimes people see black mold and they go, ah, it's nothing to worry about. Another time people see black mold and they freak out Mm -hmm. and they're like, what do I do next? So how do you, how do you handle when somebody reaches out to you and they say, we've got a mold infestation, especially a black mold? Uh, A lot of times, you know, I have so many people that reach out that I, I have to, and just by the way, for our listeners that have reached out, um, I told you about this a couple weeks ago. I do believe when I respond to them, and what happens is I'm not responding to their email. They contact me through the... The website? Yeah. Contact form. And so then I I type up an email from Steve at CNC, and I send it to them. And remember, a lot of times I've had some pretty serious, like a client that had a child that was very very sick and they never responded and i'm like why aren't these people responding to me well i figured out that i think that's going into to their junk mail yeah so for those of you that have reached out to me i respond to everybody but going back to your question it's just i'm so busy that i can't you know i can't do for them what i what i'm charging people to do so i have to ask them a bunch of questions and for the most part it's kind of like you got to get a professional in there. Exactly. Like, you know, I, I try to help everybody out as much as I can, but at the end of the day, I can't, you know, I can't do consulting for nothing. And so it ends up turning into, you know, book this package and, and we'll, we'll go from there. And I, like I said, I feel bad, but it's just, you know, we do this podcast for free. Everything else I kind of need to make money on. Well, and should people be freaking out if what they find in their basement or their bathroom or their kitchen or anywhere 
they see black mold, black spots on the wall, should they be really, really worried? So that's a tricky question. So do you want me to answer it the way my lawyer would tell me to answer it or how I normally would? Both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you should always be concerned. Um, mold growing at all inside your home should be a concern. Now, I don't, it's not, I don't like to freak people out. That's just, that's not in my nature. But on the other hand, like something's going on. If you can see, and, and I want to backtrack a little bit, whether it's black or not, to me doesn't matter. So it's the color of the mold. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say the black mold stacky botrys. Just because it's not black doesn't mean it's not hurting them. So I want to be clear because a lot of people, they look at it and they go, well, and I, and I, I see this on the professional side and we've talked about this and it, it really irritates me. And matter of fact, next week we're talking about certification. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of dabble in it a little bit. But it's very irritating when a mold inspector says, you're fine. We did air tests and there's no stachybotrys. That's like, that's the worst thing that, that, that a professional can say. And the reason I say that is there are so many other mold types that are associated with wet building materials like penicillium aspergillus that tell us like they're, you know, it's not always, but if they're high, it's like, hey, there's something wet behind the wall. Mm -hmm. So my point is, don't just think if it's not black mold, we're good. So, so I don't even remember your question, but. <laughs> so I, the reason why I ask the question is because people panic and then they go and they run and they hire the first person they find on Google in their area. Where And my, my question to you is, do people, when they find these mold infestations, do they have enough time to say, let me go on CNC contractor services and book a virtual property assessment with Steve? Do, do they have a few weeks to get it done right? Or should they be rushing to get somebody over to their house to look at it? I wouldn't rush to get anybody over there in a manner of, if the mold's already there, it's probably been there for a lot longer than you think. Okay. Now, if it's your basement's flooding, yeah, don't don't book a VPA with me because I'm not I can't fix your flooded basement. So to you know, I understand what you're saying, and I and I deal with a lot of people that say, yeah, I just we get bad reviews of this local inspector or whatever, and so you know, I I don't want to lead our listeners to believe you don't have to be in a hurry. Because you should. I don't know every situation. Every situation is totally different. But for the most part, if you're finding in your basement, and let's say it's a non-viable infestation, which is just black dots typically, it's been there for a while. It's The humidity went below 60%. And so it's not, there's no reason you can't wait for, for a small amount of time to, to, to do things right. And that's you know, that's the whole point of my consultations, and we have really, we've really changed what we're doing, like the virtual property assessments. I was not a big fan of those, especially for mold. And now I'm figuring out that a lot of our listeners, they're, they they don't trust the people, the, and I'm not saying the locals, but they read their reviews or talk to friends and family, and they're like, yeah, that guy freaks everybody out, or this guy never reports anything. That's why we've evolved the way we have, because there, there's more to it than just, you know, that mold infestation. And if, if you hire the wrong guy, they could just come in and say nothing's wrong. Exactly. And so, and you've also had a lot of clients who've done testing and even mitigation with a number of people, mm -hmm. and they still have the issue. Right. And it, 
it goes back to, and I, and I don't want to sound like, you know, these podcasts are meant to be informative, but obviously they're free and I'm going to promote our services. So I don't want to sound like you just, you always have to run and get, get a, a consultation with me or another consultant. But <laughs> when you've had three different mitigation companies and you've gone through all these things and you're still sick, one of the major things that doesn't happen in the mitigation process, I'm going to ask you the question to see if you know, what do you think that is? Whenever I have clients that they've had mitigation done, had professionally, they're still sick. What is it typically that didn't happen in the mitigation process? That's like it causes cross-contamination. So how do we prevent cross-contamination? Oh, they didn't put up the um, those shields. I forget yep. what they're Containment. called. Containments. Yep. yep. And so what happened was the mold infestation next to their chimney ended up clear upstairs. Okay. Because they didn't have a containment. I don't care if you run air scrubbers. I don't care how you do mitigation. If you do not have it inside a containment, you just... Screwed it up. I'm not saying you really, like, totally screwed it up, but you probably, you put mold spores in different rooms throughout the home that shouldn't and wouldn't have been there. So, to go back to what you said, like, it, it helps. Like, I will walk, I have different packages. I will walk you through the steps. And I understand this. I get irritated when people try to tell us how to do our mitigation. I understand that not all not all of us are the same, but I will give you the key steps like a containment that have to happen. And, you know, people have come to me after they're, I don't know how many, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars into something, and they could have hired just a consultant that walks them through everything, and would have been a lot better. Absolutely. So when when somebody is coming across this and they're thinking about, okay, we want to do a virtual property assessment of EPA, or we want to do a mold consult, should one of their first calls also be to their insurance company to say, hey, we see mold in our house? It, all the time. Okay. I, I tell people always call them now. <laughs> And we've talked about it, you know, on different podcasts. When you use the M word, the four letter M word, they're going to say we don't cover mold. Yeah. So be careful of what you're saying. And just a quick, you know, reminder to those of you, or maybe you didn't listen to that episode, just call them and say, hey, we had a water. If Just tell them what happened. We had a water line or a bathtub started leaking. Now we think we have a mold infestation. Call them, see if they'll cover it. Now, if it came from the exterior, from grading and drainage, they're going to say you need flood insurance. If it came from the roof, typically they're going to cover it. If you didn't report it to them for, and you knew about it and ignored it for months, they're not going to cover it. So just, you know, address, and we tell our clients, always address something immediately, but call them. And it doesn't hurt, but don't just call and say, do you cover mold? Because they're going to say no. Exactly. So you have to ask a number of questions. You have to get more information, right. which also helps having a consult with you because you help to sort of right. prepare them for the kinds of things they're going to deal with right. when it comes to insurance. Yeah, I'm just, you know, the, they're insurance companies. They get paid to not cover correct incidents like this. So it's, it's always good to call them, but make sure you know what you're asking and telling them when you call them. Because you could just say the wrong thing and say, well, I, you know, my husband noticed it a couple of years ago. We didn't think it was a big deal. <laughs> They're going to be like, yeah, no, we're not Yeah, negligence, that. negligence. So, exactly. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So another thing that people might run to when they see black mold in their home is 
getting some sort of spray. Yeah. Should they be, you know, going to Home Depot, finding some mold spray uh, in air quotes and doing something about it themselves? Absolutely not. Okay. And our listeners, if you've listened to more than probably two or three podcasts, we talk about this all the time. Do not spray anything on mold until you know that it is safe to do it. Okay. It is. <laughs> I, I hear this all the time. Well, I sprayed it, and I'm like, oh, you know you didn't. Please tell me you did not. And it's because, just to explain to our listeners, when you spray, let's just say you get, um, at your local hardware store, you get some sort of concrobium or antimicrobial. They have all sorts of fancy names. If you really read it, it's typically like a stain remover. Well, we're not removing stains. Correct. But if you look at the back of that bottle, most of them, and I for the most part, I've never seen one that's lower than 90% water, but most of them are 95% water. And whatever 5% of those chemicals are, and they're different for whatever product you're using, they evaporate quickly. So let's say you spray it on your sheetrock, which isn't typically that porous, but you spray it on there, that chemical evaporates quickly. Where do you think the water's going? Right in, yeah. Deeper into Deep that. Deeper so causing, giving the mold more stimuli to grow exactly you're promoting further mold growth yep. deeper into that that, yep. that building material so don't it, it's something it's funny because i i feel like we talk about it all the time but we haven't talked about it in the last few episodes but you do not do not spray anything on molds especially if it's porous and cellulose materials okay so that's a no-no what about people hear you on this episode saying containments are important and so they may make take it on their own and say okay we'll put up a containment do you think they should do that well just to be clear obviously containment is required but i never never tell people that they should do things on their own okay now in a worst case scenario before you run to the local whoever or the closest mold inspection company and they're going to charge you a thousand dollars to test if you're that freaked out, let's say it's in your basement. Mm -hmm. If you don't have an air handler down there, cross-contamination is not a big concern. Then, yes, you can put plastic sheeting up at the bottom of the stairwell and at the top to prevent mold spores from coming up. And that is a, you know, kind of an emergency thing you can do. But I don't want our listeners to think that they can just go do this and they're going to be fine. Because people will do that and then, you know, we talked about electricity they know there's a defect with a GFI, but they just keep resetting that breaker. Exactly. I don't want our listeners to think they can put a, a, a barrier up or containment up and everything's fine. Because the way they would do it versus how we do it, there's so totally many different. different factors that we, we look at. Absolutely. So then somebody's hearing this and they're going, okay, so basically I really shouldn't be trying to handle the mold issue on my own. Should I just pick up my family and the clothes on our back and vacate the property? If you can, absolutely. Wow. And once again, though, when you when you leave with the clothes on your back, those clothes need to be discarded. So I'm not telling you to go anywhere naked. Just <laughs> go get new clothes and put them on, like literally put them on in the bathroom of whatever store you're at and put your old clothes in a plastic bag tie it up and throw it away it's that's how crazy it is but once again you can't if you and we talked we, we the whole purpose of a containment is cross-contamination mm -hmm. so the last thing you want to do is leave your moldy environment mm -hmm. moldy home and take that to your 
whoever, your mothers, your grandmothers, whoever, your friend, the hotel room, the last thing you want to do is take that contamination and those mold spores to another place. So what do you say to the people who say, we can't afford to leave our home that we pay the mortgage on every single month, go stay in a hotel for I don't know how many weeks while we figure out this mold issue? Well, luckily there's a moratorium, or there was, so maybe they (laughs) don't have to leave. That was sarcasm, but... If, if you can't afford that, and I understand that. I mean, it's that's just reality. Mm-hmm. But if you can't afford that, are you going to be able to afford not being able to work, paying all these medical bills, all these, this testing to try to figure out why you're sick? I mean, it, 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 I, under, I totally get it. I totally get it. But at the end of the day, that moldy home is going gonna, gonna to cost you way more than it will getting out of there and, and detoxing is what we call it. And typically, how long does detoxing take? You know, that's really a, it's a tough question to answer because everybody's bodies are different. Mm-hmm. Um, I There's people that have gone out and detoxed and literally lived in a tent in their backyard wow. for a couple weeks and it was fine. Um, there are people that have moved to another place, which we don't know if that place is causing problems, that it can take people years. So that part of it, that's the medical side that I'm not obviously well-versed in. But on the other hand, you know, we were talking about um, consultations. You know, I offer packages that are customized to those clients to get them through that detox process because they know it sounds crazy. I'm not trying to be a doctor. I'm not telling you to what you need to say to your doctor. They need to take care of the medical side of it. But we can look at blood or urine tests. We can look at those lab results and look at air test results and say, Wow, this is why you have these mycotoxins exactly. from these mold types. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I answered your question really easily, but it's not a, it's different for everybody. So, so this is a journey, I guess what I'm getting from it is this is a journey that is not a quick fix. No. And people have to be prepared when they find an infestation, understand that it's going to be a process. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know. It's no different than, you know, someone that, 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 that gains weight and is not eating healthy. You don't lose all that weight overnight. No. I mean, you, it takes time. And and like I said, I understand. For our listeners, I, you know, I'll do anything I can to help people that can't afford, like you just can't afford anything. But there's only so much I can do for free, too. So, you know, you just you have to weigh the options and say, you know, am I willing to just stay in this moldy environment? And just make my whole, you know, a lot of times it's only one or two people sick. Is it worth making your entire family sick? Then, you know, you can't work. And then, you know, like I said, a lot of a lot of the testing, insurance, you got to, once again, this is the, the part I don't get involved in, but you got to try to see if your doctor can do it to where your insurance will cover it. If your insurance doesn't cover all this testing, it's expensive. Yeah. You know, people think mold side's expensive. Well, so's the medical side. And so you just, you've got to look at it in a manner that what's it worth? And I always say it, what's your health worth? Exactly. That makes a ton of sense. So what's your call to action for people? If you have some sort of moisture intrusion event, like, you know, we kind of mentioned the insurance thing and a water stain, don't ignore it. Like that water stain and people, I hear people say all the time, well, it was one of those, uh, those weather events where it was a driving rain. So it only happens like twice a year. Well, Okay. Even so if it if it was able for mold to start growing, which it takes forty eight hours, once humidity is above sixty, 
that still can be harmful to you. So just exactly. don't ignore little things. I mean, yeah. I know it's easy for me to say because I'm a contractor by trade. It's not that hard to climb up on your roof or get up you know, on your gable end and see where that water's coming in. It's a lot easier to take care of that on the outside until you have to crawl through an attic to figure out what it's causing or you have to tear a ceiling down. So make sure you make that small problem. Keep it a small problem. Got it. And if they have any questions and really want an expert eye on what's going on in their property, virtual property assessment. Yeah. Yep. And it's very handy. Like I said, I, for for a long time, I wasn't a big fan of those for mold. Um, but I, I, I'm realizing that just, it, there's just, I guess the best way to say it, and our listeners know this, I'm a lot more on the education side of things. I'm not here to just do a, a VPA and move on to the next one. Like, if we have problems, we want to figure it out. Absolutely. And then, you know, we offer packages after that where, you know, we can do a console or whatnot. But, yeah, don't don't just ignore it and think, well, I don't have the money. Because you're not going to have the money when it's $15,000 to fix a mold infestation in your house. Which, at that point, you can't be in the house either. Exactly. So... Be proactive exactly. is the answer. And you can check out the, the VPA virtual property assessment and other mold consultation packages at cnccontractorservices.com. We will catch you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.